0: This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we have a brand spanking new platform to tell you about and brought along Cheryl George and Chris Luth to do that. Now, let's dive into the A900. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast
1: with Justin Parisi.
0: I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Support. Support.
2: I love NetApp because it's so funny. (laughs)
0: Hello and welcome to the Tech On Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio and with me today, I have a couple of special guests to talk to us all about the new platform that's coming out. So with us today, Cheryl George. Cheryl, what do you do here at NetApp and how do we reach you?
2: Hi, Justin. My name is Cheryl George. I'm an outbound product manager for OnTap messaging and positioning for your data fabric. You can reach me at gcheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at NetApp.com.
0: All right. And with us today also is Chris Luth. So, Chris, uh, what do you do here at NetApp, and how do we reach you? Well,
1: hi. So, I actually work on all of the hardware that it takes to run ONTAP, be it a drive, be it a shelf, cable, uh, adapter and a controller, and the controller itself. And it doesn't stop there, also help with the uh, RAID aspect inside of ONTAP. So, yeah, that's my world um, at NetApp going on 19 years. I think I have the best job at NetApp. Uh, you know, just love what I do. Love bringing new products to the market. I love feedback, um, both good, bad, you know, or just suggestions. So reach out to me. It is uh, chrisluth, C-H-R-I-S dot L-U-E-T-H at NetApp.com.
0: All right, excellent. We'll add those email addresses to the blog. So that if you don't have anything to write down with right now, you can, you can just click on the links in those. Um, so, you know, we're here to talk about a new platform. But before that, let's talk a little bit about the journey to that new platform. So let's go back in time Do um, your your Wayne's World. For those of you who've seen the, the movie, uh, Chris, t- tell us all about the path to this new platform. So really, and, and that's a good lead in, Justin. So the, the A900 journey doesn't
1: start. Uh, with this launch, uh, you know, in 2021. The journey actually starts way back when we we're designing the A700, which released in 2016. And the design aspect was two years before that. So, as we started designing the A700, uh, the top of mind requirement was we wanted to enable an in chassis non disruptive upgrade at some point in the future, simply by swapping out the controller itself. And so we designed the entire chassis. And we also knew at the time that that new controller would be right around 2020. Um, But we also knew that that new controller would use PCIe Gen 4 architecture. So we designed the chassis backplane itself to be agnostic. PCIe Gen 4, PCIe Gen 3, doesn't matter. The chassis is ready to accommodate either one. We also, after talking to customers over the years, we wanted to improve the whole serviceability aspect. You know, well, key requirement, reliability, availability, serviceability, because hardware will fail over the course of five years. Um, So the serviceability aspect was addressed by moving the I.O. from outside of the controller itself to the periphery of the chassis. Now, if you have to service the controller, you simply do a takeover just like you would on any other system, but you don't have to uncable the I/O when I, you know, on either node. Uh, conversely, if you have to service I/O, it's that one adapter. You don't have to uncable all the other adapters. So that that was the other. Knowing this was a multi-generational chassis, we also wanted to improve the serviceability of the chassis itself. So that's really what gets us to the point of being able to integrate. A new controller, the A900, into all the goodness that was built into the A700 system many years back.
0: I am to understand that you you had a special thing you liked to do with those A700 controllers when you were showing them off. Can, Can you go a little bit into detail about what you were doing with those?
1: Yeah, so, you know, you can talk, you know, till the end of the day and not get as much information across as simply showing somebody what the proposed hardware would look like. So during customer executive briefing sessions, I would roll an A700 across the parking lot. Uh, hopefully it was nice cool Bay Area temperatures, uh, but roll it all the way in there and just show customers. And we had numerous customers who looked at this system and besides what they could see, you know, we harden the back plane, we have you know redundant power paths to each node. It is, it's really what used to be called big iron kind of hardware. Just rolling it in there and showing customers the serviceability improvement uh, on the spot before customers did proof of concepts, before they asked when I could purchase this, for, You know, when it was available for purchase, they simply said, this is it. I've seen all I need to see. This is what we want to buy. So it's that powerful of a message, that the whole design concept behind the A700, that the A900 now builds on
0: so what was it about that that does that demonstration that would really resonate with customers like why would why were they so ready to to go with that platform just by seeing that
1: Well a lot of these customers are you know long term not just NetApp customers but you know consumers of hardware in general and they know as as we all do that hardware will have replacement um you know, uh, requirements over the course of his five-year lifetime. Uh, there are a lot of reasons for that. One is ONTAP is super aggressive in trying to predict hardware failures. We, we, we're we in the business of making sure customer's data is available, you know, and our, our uptime shows that we're way better than six nines. So we're, we're very protective of the customer's data availability. So our, our predictability for hardware failure, um, uh, dictates that we're going to fail a, we're going to uh, have on tap prematurely fail a part before the part actually fails. It's always better to replace that part while the system's still up and running because uh, you don't want to get to the point where the part fails and then now you know you might be in a little bit more of a pressure situation trying to replace it. Uh, but but nonetheless that over the course of a uh, platform's useful life you're going to replace some hardware. So what that replacement process looks like is, you know, um, uh, do a takeover uh, of the node. All of our nodes have IO attached inside the controller itself. So you also have to undo all of that IO. And in the case of the A700, you have 10 IO slots for each node. And that's a lot of IO to uncable and recable. Uh, and in the case of the A700, all that IO is outside. The controller itself. So it's a much cleaner design in terms of serviceability down the road. So you know what you're buying uh, when you go with an A700 uh, at the time, and now an A900, is you're buying that peace of mind serviceability story that you can then leverage years down the road.
0: So tell me a little bit about how the A900 improves on that story. Is there anything in the A900 that adds to that reliability and that functionality that you were describing with the a700
1: well so being the a900 built on and leverages all that goodness from the a700 um it has it is it, starting from a great standpoint in terms of reliability uh availability it's taking advantage of everything that was designed into the a700 chassis you know back in like 2014, uh, and released in 2016. So all all that story stays intact. So what does the A900 bring over the A700? Well, by doing that in-chassis upgrade, you inherit now, uh, what we're seeing is roughly 50% better performance on an A900 versus an A700. Now that will vary by workload and we have our measurements available? just sort of like a good average ballpark, 50% better performance. So how do you get 50% better performance? Well, when we release a, a platform, we always like to have a speed bump over the predecessor. And it's critical that you have a speed increase on a high-end system, which is what the A900 is. It's our high-end flagship product system. So we need to bring better performance uh, to this platform. And we did that by increasing the core count significantly, almost 80% more cores versus an A700, where the A700 HA had 72 cores, the A900 has a 128 cores. And the cores are a much newer Intel generation. Just by going with new processing architecture, you get a sp- you get a speed increase, uh, even if you have the same core count. So you get that speed increase, but it wasn't enough for us. We, we increased the core count significantly. We increased the memory as well. How much? Twice as much memory as an A700. But why do we do that? Well, we wanted to future-proof this platform. ONTAP adds functionality, you know, and we all love their functionality, and you know, we see customers rapidly adopt it and take advantage, but the functionality can add more memory pressure. So in a high-end system, uh, what we did was we took the luxury of just increasing the memory well beyond what we thought we needed on the A900, but nobody ever complains about why wow, my system has too much memory. So that was a couple of steps we did to get to that 50% better performance. There's one more step needed, and the A700 has what is known as an NVRAM10, and that's our non-volatile um, memory that we use to protect write data in case of a unexpected power outage. That write data would be lost in a regular uh, memory stick, a DRAM, because it's not refreshed. we refresh our non-volatile RAM. This component is critical for write throughput performance. What we had to do on the NVRAM10 from the A700 is actually make some changes to take advantage of PCIe Gen 4. Uh, we couldn't really test NVRAM 10 with PCI Gen 4 until PCI Gen 4 architecture was available. What we found is we had to add some um, design changes to NVRAM 10 uh, to take full advantage of PCI Gen 4 architecture. And as part of that, we went ahead and doubled the amount of memory as well. We went from 64 gig to 128 gig. And the reason we did this is we wanted to make sure we hit peak large sequential write throughput. So we don't want any artificial bottlenecks on our hiring system. PCI Gen four. You've heard me mention that several times so far. I'm actually smiling as I transition to talk about it. But what does it do? Well, first off, it doubles the motherboard bandwidth, and we all know that's a wonderful thing. As the system gets really busy, the more bandwidth you have, the uh, more capable your system is of maintaining low latency throughput. And you're buying an AFS system because you want low latency. So as the system gets busy, the motherboard has all the bandwidth it needs to accommodate that workload, uh, data in flight, non-tap, at a lowest possible latency point. What else does Gen 4 do? Well, it enables next-generation emerging flash technologies. Everybody thinks SCM now, um, which is good. You know, there's a lot of buzz around it um but gen 3 really wasn't positioned to take advantage of uh, emerging flash technologies and like scm including ones that are coming uh, pci gen 4 was designed with uh, flash te- you know flash capabilities flash technologies in mind gen 4 also gives you faster networking speed gen 3 was capped out at 100 gig uh, uh, ethernet for instance Gen 4 gets you not just a 200 gig Ethernet, but also 400 gig Ethernet when that comes along, probably a few years down the road, as well as for our seeing people in the audience, 64 gig fiber channel when that comes along as well.
0: So as far as the A900 goes, um, when we talk about performance and we talk about, you know, the the ability to handle the workloads, a lot of it's just throwing more hardware at this. Now, I know that there's a lot of challenges today with supply chain and, and, you know, silicon for these these platforms. Do we foresee any of that impacting the availability of the A900 or are we do we have that under control?
1: So, great question. And we very much look forward to a point in time where supply chain uh, risk uh, isn't an issue for any of us. Um, but in terms of a new platform, uh, that hasn't launched yet. What we do is we pre-buy enough parts. Um, uh, we do that via forecasting. You know, we'll forecast. It, it, this isn't you know just sitting in a room spinning the bottle kind of forecasting. This is looking at the historic adoption of a new platform as it releases and as OnTap goes to maturity level. Uh, when we see that uptick um, in, in demand. So using that forecast, we generally double the amount of parts we want to have on on hand to ship new systems. Uh, and, and the reason is, um, many years back, we were unexpectedly, um, you, know, you know, sort of inundated by the uh, popularity of a new platform after release. I mean, we got to go back 2005 for your old timers, but we, we, we didn't anticipate the amount of ramp the platform would have. And we were short on supplies, and that's just not, not anything we wanted to relive. And as a result, ever since then, we at least do 2x forecasts. In the case of the A900, we expect that ramp to be much faster. We, we've been seeing a lot of requests. I want to do the in-chassis upgrade. I need budgetary quotes on the A900. So we know the ramp's going to happen very fast on the A900, and we've prepared for it accordingly. We have plenty of inventory on hand, so... Uh, supply chain issues won't be a challenge for this platform. Uh, it doesn't mean something might creep up you know at some point, but we don't anticipate anything becoming a, a you know a, a, um, a factor in slowing down sales of this uh, a900 system. And w- we've gotten creative you know supply chain issues um, you know or are or, or certainly you know current top of mind for folks. but if you think back to 2020, uh, we had supply chain issues then as well. And that was, uh, you know, when we were sinking into uh, the, the the pandemic situation. And we had to be creative back then as well. You know, uh, for instance, half meter cables uh, became scarce. So we switched to one meter cable. So you have to be creative as much as anything. Uh, to, just to make sure if customers need an A900, we'll be able to sell you
0: one. Now that we have more memory Um, In a platform, I would imagine that we can start to look at potentially increasing some of the limits that have been on other platforms. For example, volume count. Um, Is that something that we're looking at with the A900 or is that a roadmap item that we can't really discuss?
1: Well, it is it is roadmap, but um, I I can share. We're seeing, um, you know, requests around supporting more volumes. uh, and, And We always listen to to this type of feedback. You know, 800 terabyte aggregates wasn't anything anybody was thinking about internally until they were asked for, right? So uh, in terms of of volumes, what we're seeing more of, Justin, is the request to increase the amount of concurrency. So we increased the the volumes for an HA pair from 2,000 to 5,000, but the best practice is to plan your concurrency or, or volumes that are going to be active at any one point in time to the, the same 0,000 per node or 2,000 per HA pair. So what we're looking at is how to increase the volume concurrency uh, in OnTap. The, now, good point. Day 900. A- anything you you add to OnTap is going to increase memory pressure. Um, you know, for instance, on the fast side, if you add Flash Cache, it takes memory buffers. You know, you lose some amount of memory. So, nonetheless, I, memory will certainly contribute on an A900 being able to at some point have higher concurrency uh, without, in, in the most important uh, aspect, without impacting performance.
0: Okay, so it sounds like you know it's potential. Um, and with any new platform and, and with increased limits, I mean that's always going to be the case, right? Because we have more resources to work with, and resources are usually your limiting factor when you're deciding on these limits.
1: Correct. And the other aspect of that, Justin, is um, as you add functionality, you cannot impact performance. And uh, in terms of the A900 high-end system, there was some tuning that took place to take advantage of those 128 cores. uh, But the bottom line is we cannot impact performance on any other platform. And and low-end is generally the most susceptible uh, to potential performance impacts as you tune these high-end systems, so that's that's sort of like, you know, the red line do not cross. You can't impact performance. If and when we do uh, implement higher volume concurrency, uh, that will be the same uh, requirement. But again, as you mentioned, the A900 will be better able to withstand what you expect out of a high-end system in terms of functionality with no trade-offs to performance
0: impact. So another limit that kind of st- you know, tends to be associated with memory is, is volume size and, and LUN size. And I know that we have the ASA platform, the all Santa rays, does the A900 come with support for the ASA right out of the the gate, or do we have to wait for a while for that?
1: Uh, So we're we're going to stick with the AFF uh, version of the A900 for some amount of time. Um, the, the ASA, uh, you know is still being discussed as to when it might be implemented. Um, the, 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 the probably good news there is we're able to get Metro cluster support going out the door. So you, anytime you release new hardware, um, there's a lot of QA cycles have to happen, and that's goodness. you know there's no complaints there. Uh, but sometimes you know you you kind of have to look and see like for schedule. What functionality can you get fully tested, get 100% confident, 110% confident behind? Um, We're able to get Metro Cluster uh, into the A900 at launch. Um, ASA didn't quite uh, meet the at launch uh, goodness we require in terms of support, quality, and whatnot. So we're holding off on that particular aspect. Uh, But again, You know, you kind of look at all what can I trade off, you know, uh, to to get a platform out the door. There's always going to be a trade off or a compromise, or there can be. Uh, In this case, ASA was the 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 trade off to get the A900 out the door uh, in 2021.
0: So, what about options? I mean, do we have any sort of configuration modifications we can make to the A900? You know, different network. Uh, speeds or anything like that or is it all pretty much just like a one size fits all configuration
1: well the good the the good news is everything that's supported on an a700 every adapter every uh uh, storage device every cable is fully supported on a900 so you don't have to swap out any any modules even though well you have to swap out the nv ram with the nv nv ram 10 with the NVRAM 11 uh, module. So that's the only requirement uh, to go along with the PCM. So that's a great story. Um, We do have a couple of IO improvements though on the A900. We have a new 100 gig adapter that actually increases bandwidth. So the current 100 gig adapter uh, has 100 gig ASIC on it, and the 100 gig ASIC splits its bandwidth across two ports. Uh, so you don't get 200 gig of bandwidth. You get 100 gig, and then you know it will vary by port demand. Oh, we do have a new adapter, 100 gig adapter available only on the A900 that has a line rate of 100 gigabit per port. So basically, you get 200 gig for the adapter itself. So if you could do that, why not just fully support 200 gig? Uh, we're seeing no demand. Nobody's asked for 200 gig at this point. Um, some customers who, you know, when, when we pull customers and ask about 200 gig adoption, you know, some are saying, eh, we'll probably just hold off and transition to 400 gig when that's available. So in the case of the 100 gig adapter, we're only going to support it at 100 gig speeds, uh, but that's 100 gig per port. We've had a 25 gig adapter for some time as well. We had a support for 25 gig on A700 and on tap 9.8. But that was a dual port adapter. And one uh, another great aspect of the A700, A900, this is an 8U chassis. Uh, there's plenty of real estate, uh, not just to add components to, but more importantly, cool those components. And what we did on A900, the 25 gig is really ramping in terms of adoption. So what we did was we added an ASIC on the 25 gig uh, existing module. Uh, that was dual port. And now you have a quad port 25 gig adapter. And in this case, same story as the uh, 100 gig adapter. Both ports, or every port in the quad port 25 gig adapter has full 25 gigabit line rate per port. So there is some IO improvements, uh, but uh, I think the bigger story here is the IO in place on an A700 non-disruptive upgrade. You get 50% better performance and don't have to change out any existing A700 infrastructure.
0: All right, Chris, sounds like there's a lot to be thinking about with the A900 platform here. Um, I'm sure if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you uh, via email, uh, chris.luth at netup.com and and ask those questions. So Cheryl, um, the A900 platform sounds like a pretty large improvement over some of the stuff we already have out there. What are some of the business requirements that we're hearing about with the A900, what what sort of workloads are we aiming for?
2: Let's start off with setting some context with the challenges that customers face. It's about managing your high performance relational databases, your critical NAS data sets, and large and demanding virtualization workloads where the requirements were extreme performance and scale. Question is around integrated data protection for continuous data availability and resilience. And then, of course, the conversation is around emerging technologies. How can we accommodate new workloads, protocols, and connectivity? So that's why we introduced the AFF A900 to support these enterprise applications and database workloads that require this unrivaled performance, including end-to-end NVMe support, whether it's NVMe over FC or NVMe over TCP, and massive data scalability. And then, of course, the high resiliency design that uh, Chris spoke about through reliability, availability, serviceability, and manageability, where you have isolation of the controllers and I-O modules, so there's no disruption to your enterprise apps if you're thinking of upgrading your system. Cutting-edge anti-ransomware protection and cyber resilience that the AFR system offers. And finally, it's The deployment flexibility that it offers through unified architecture to support SAN, NAS, and object storage.
0: So what types of customers would be looking at a platform like this? You you mentioned databases and high-performance applications, but what sort of industries are really in need of this boost in memory and CPU and and parallelization of workloads?
2: The AFF A900 is the successor to the AFF A700 and is specifically targeted at enterprises running advanced business applications and databases in the enterprise data center, which is highly transactional random IO applications that need high performance and low latency. The workloads we're looking at are high performance relational databases on SAN, which can be FC or iSCSI. Extensive and growing critical data sets on NAS and large and demanding virtualization workloads would be the ideal fit for the ASF A900.
0: So stuff like financial transactions, EDA workloads, um, HPC environments, would, would that be accurate?
2: That's a good point you bring up, uh, Justin. So with the AFF A900 release, we want to have tight coupling between workloads depending on the platform and software. A900 is specific for enterprise apps and we have other platforms suitable for other workloads like EDA and HPC. The AFF A900 comes with the ONTAP Enterprise Edition that includes data protection. It includes capabilities for multi protocols and then, of course, encryption, flex clone, flex cache, snap restore, and all the other capabilities that come with a co bundle.
0: So, normally when we release a new platform, we have customers that are willing to try these out. Have we done that with the A900? And if so, what have been some of the uh, comments from those customers about the A900 itself?
1: We just started shipping out a few, what we call early access. Uh, systems uh, to customers, and then we're relying on them to be able to, generally these customers have their own dedicated test bed, uh, but depending on what they're doing in their test bed, uh, we have to wait for them to reach a, a point where they can upgrade to the A900. So we have the systems poised and ready to go. Uh, we, we really just started shipping hardware uh, late October. But we're still waiting for those customers to get these up and running uh, and testing. But so far, uh, the ones who have brought up the 900, the bring up process was clean, as we expected, non-disruptive in chassis upgrade. Uh, Everything's working as expected. But they're really just starting to kick the tires in terms of the performance benefit it brings to uh, their business. But I'll say this, you know, to build anticipation, expect to see some videos. Uh, in the near future of customers filming the before A700 performance, the non-disruptive in-chassis upgrade, and the resulting performance improvements. So spoiler alert, those are in the works as well.
0: Cheryl, um, what sort of licensing are we looking at for the A900?
2: The AFF A900 comes by default with the ONTAP Enterprise Edition that covers all the features around data protection, which is integrated with the ONTAP version, that is nine ten one, Then you get encryption and, of course, everything included in the core bundle, So which means you get all the protocols, SAN, NAS, and S3. And then the others that come with it are FlexClone, FlexCache, Fabric Pool, Snap Restore.
0: Is there anything else that we can add on to the a in addition to what the ONTAP Enterprise Edition features?
2: You have the flexibility to add on the anti-ransomware suites If cyber resilience and anti-ransomware protection is on your mind, in addition to AFF with the ONTAP Enterprise Edition, you have the flexibility to add this anti-ransomware suite as well.
0: Okay. And the, and the anti-ransomware suite is basically the new ransomware detection feature. What else is included in that?
2: What comes with the anti ransomware suite is you have the autonomous ransomware protection that was new in RTAP 910. In addition, you have the uh, one year subscription for Cloud Insights and Cloud Secure that is included. For compliance, you have the capability of SnapLock, which allows you to have immutable snapshot copies, which are worm copies that you can maintain for regulatory purposes. Snap is included for purposes of replication for your use case of disaster recovery. Then a couple of other things included for data protection is SnapCenter, where you want to create application-consistent recovery points for your uh, enterprise applications. Then you have multi-key management, AIQ, AIQ-UM, and F policy included in this suite as well.
0: Sounds like a lot of good stuff there. and It's really top of mind now, especially with all the new uh, security vulnerabilities you're finding. Uh, the most recent one being the the log4j thing, where you know ransomware attackers can get pretty easy access to your network. So you want to make sure you're protected against something like that once they get in. So also with nine point ten point one, you can also use Snap Lock to do a per volume uh, configuration rather than having to have an entire aggregate, right?
2: Oh, I'm not familiar with that, Justin.
0: Yes, you can, Cheryl. We <laughs> do <Good to> know. <laughs> Yes, it's very cool. You you don't have to have it. You know, you don't have to reserve an entire aggregate just for snap lock. Now you can do it all at the volume level, and you you, know, you can use this in environments where you don't want to have every volume snap locked.
2: Oh wow, nice! I learn something new every day.
0: There you go. So Cheryl, um, the A nine hundred sounds really cool. What about the price? Like, what is it looking like compared to the other platforms?
2: I want to encourage you to redirect these queries to your account management team who should be able to guide you on these details on pricing.
0: Do you guys take coupons?
2: Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause I have one for high C. Is that gonna is that gonna be good enough for the a <laughs> No. Fifty cents off? No? Yeah, you wish. All right. Excellent. So um, you know, a lot of good stuff in the A nine hundred here. Again, Cheryl, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that?
2: You can reach me at uh, G Cheryl. that's uh, G S and George, C H E R Y L, at NetApp.com.
0: And Chris. And I'll
1: even make it easier on you. Uh, just use my last name, all lowercase, L U E T H. Don't flip the U and E, L U E T H at
0: NetApp.com. All right. U e before E, except after C. Is that? No, that's not, that's, that's not the rule we're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> It's a different rule entirely. All right, uh, excellent. So thanks again, Chris and Cheryl, for joining us and telling us all about the A900 platform, uh, which is released December 14th, right?
1: Yes, it is. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but get the champagne bottles ready.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Pop them open. Get your high C out. I got the coupons. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire TechOnTap Podcast team, I'd like to thank Cheryl, George, and Chris Luke for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Getting off on this. Oh yeah. You see, the more you read, the more you know. The better you do in school, the better you do in life. That's a promise.